0: Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties,
1: types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com.
2: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network,
3: This is Cynthia Cherish, Malloran, Reverend DJ Cherish the Love, and you are listening to Primary Food on Heritage Radio Network. So before I forget, let me tell you how to reach out to me and get my attention on social media Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DJ Cherish the Love, and that's love spelled L U V. And you can hashtag using Primary Food heritage underscore radio, and hashtag RevLove. So we are midway through the fourth season of Primary Food. And I am so excited for today's guest because she brought coffee. (laughs) Coffee. Coffee and the ceremony of making it is one of my personal favorite primary foods. But first, let me back up. What exactly is primary food? So I learned this really great concept in nutrition school at IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, that the food you eat, you know, the stuff we put in our mouths and chew and enjoy, like the pizza out here at Roberta's, we consider that secondary food. Primary food is everything else in life that nourishes us before we sit down and eat. And that's stuff like enjoying music, sitting down with friends, reading a book, cooking food, a great job, creative expression, playing games, exercise. And I am so glad that I learned this because it was the high quality primary food that I kept in my life while going through chemotherapy last year that kept me happy and healing my cancer. So, of course, there are things that are combinations of primary and secondary food. Today is one of those things. Coffee itself is a secondary food and the making it is a primary food. That we're going to enjoy today so much. And listeners, if you're listening, we are live. You can call in live at 718 497 Two one two eight. Again, it's 718-497-2128. So Primary Food is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a non-profit, member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. Help keep Heritage Radio Network alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Do it now while you're listening or do it at the end of the show. And I will love you forever, because seriously we need you i need you and it feels really good to feel needed i think <laughs> so oh yeah today we are talking about coffee breaks as our primary food and joining me in the studio today is the one and only elizabeth cardiello hello my dear that's elizabeth with an s it is shall i call you liz you can you prefer
0: that I, I will answer to whatever you'd like to call me.
3: Okay, coffee cardiella. <laughs> she is brewing up some live brew coffee right here at the studio in front of us. Um, it's, I'm starting to smell it.
0: We totally need a camera, actually. We totally,
3: yeah. You know, we should have been Facebook Living this, I think, just yeah. the people salivating things going. <laughs> you are the founder of Cafe Unimatic? I am. Okay, with roots from Italy. Roots in Italy
0: and in Brooklyn, actually.
3: Oh, Brooklyn and Italy. Mm-hmm. What part of Italy?
0: The south. So my dad was from a little town called San Pietro Altenagro, which mm-hmm. is... That sounds delicious. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, it's south of Salerno, about an hour and a half, maybe, from Amalfi. Um, so super southern. And But the, these pots, actually, the Unimatic coffee pots, were made up in Parma, up in the north.
3: Oh, we're going to talk about these coffee pots because they are special. They are unique. If you don't know what the Unimatic coffee pot looks like or does, what website should they go
0: to? It's cafeunimatic.com, and cafe is spelled not like a cafe, it's spelled with two Fs, like the Italian word for coffee.
3: So, cafeunimatic2fs.com. So, in Sweden, another coffee-loving nation, the act of sitting for a coffee break, solo or with friends, is called a fika. Do you know that? Have
0: you heard I of didn't. That? I there's there's a coffee bar called Fika. There's
3: tons of them. It's a chain.
0: But I never knew why. That's what
3: it means. So, taking a Fika is a primary food action that most people don't realize they get to actually enjoy often. Mm-hmm. You know. So, in this part of the world, we don't really have a word for this. So today, Liz and I, hopefully by the end of this episode, we'll come up with our nickname for taking a unimatic break. Because mm-hmm. I think we need that. You know, to come up with a word for the lovely peaceful rejuvenating act of the coffee break do you mm-hmm. do you have a name for it
0: i don't have a name for it it's something that everyone that owns unimatic that i keep hearing over and over it's it's the ritual of making it it's uh, their time yeah. in the morning
3: yeah because it is a ritual Mm -hmm. You know, there are things you have to do. You don't just brew. Well, anyway, we're brewing the Unimatic handcrafted coffee on air because you don't just have pots. You also supply beans. We do. We're going to talk all about that and why and how you get into the beans business. (laughs) We're going to tell stories about the Cardiello family legacy um, all during this little fika here in the HRN studio. Plus, Liz and I may or may not, have something very cool to announce by the end of the show as well. So I am feeling really super happy to have you here. And it's not just from the lovely aroma of hot coffee at 6 p.m., Mm -hmm. which I love. Do you drink coffee late in the day?
0: I was never affected by caffeine, so I can drink coffee and go (gasps) right to sleep if I need to.
3: I am so like that. Like, seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much, especially when I am working. It's just kind of like the smell and the whole... It's so yummy. Yep. So that's a blessing to have you here. And uh, we have a little blessing of music, too, because I've been blessed with a wonderful gift of music. Ubiquity Records in Costa Mesa, California, has granted me permission to spin their entire discography on air and out wherever I gig, which is pretty incredible. So during our little music breaks, that's what you'll be hearing, some music that's quite rare that I'm dusting off and giving a new life. All right. So, Liz. Yes. How did you get so involved? So, tell us about the business. What you sell exactly and then tell us how you got involved in that.
0: So, what we sell exactly uh, are two things. One is it, are the original Unimatics and I will get into the story in a little bit, but we sell coffee pots and if you don't know what a, a Unimatic is, it is actually a drip percolator which the world does, hasn't really heard about a before. Drip Percolator. Yeah. So these things were invented in the 60s, and they were invented because the percolators could make good coffee, but if you did one little thing wrong, if you didn't watch them very, very closely, they could make terrible coffee. Ah. And these actually fixed those problems, and they they go on your stove. They look somewhat like the old percolators of the 60s, but since they were developed around then, but they were made in Italy, they have this... Italian, high Italian design look it's and feel to them. gorgeous. We're actually talking about getting them into a museum. It's, they're
2: gorgeous. This whole
0: journey has been crazy. Um, so these are the originals. I will tell you more about the story. They are the originals when I say that I mean that they were actually made in Italy in the 60s. They are not made anymore. Um, they're all numbered and there are only about 5,000 left in the entire world.
3: They're all numbered. Yes. So if somebody owns one, they own like a they, real like numbered piece of art.
0: Yeah they own a piece of art that's, that makes coffee. Yes. It's yes. It is a statement on your stovetop. It is it
3: Can I ask what this piece of art costs for your stovetop?
0: Right now so we release them in lots. So it is actually very much like art and this is I believe this is lot 3 and they are 325.
3: Amazing.
0: Yes. And you also you also get one of our so we I, I should tell you the whole story so this all makes more sense. But yes, we do also have a line of coffee. You get a bag of our coffee as well and your certificate of authenticity and your booklet of you know, directions and our story and how to make everything and, and all of that. So
3: I know a little bit about the story because I saw, I've seen you, at, you know, do a TED Talk about it and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And, but I want to ask you here what the story is. So who made these pots?
0: So for that, we have to go back into history a little bit, Um, and you should understand my family background. So my dad came from Italy to the U.S., to Brooklyn, actually, when he was about 12, and he did a host of things over the course of his life. He was an entrepreneur in the greatest sense of the word, although I don't think that word had been invented yet when he was doing all these ridiculous things. Interesting. Um, so he had, just to give you a sense, a cosmetic line, a talent agency, an advertising agency, a restaurant, an athletic club. Um, he taught positive thinking to New York City cops and to his sales managers. His biggest business, though, was a stainless steel cookware company. And so they kind of they made pots and pans for the kitchen in the 60s. They wow. went door to door it wow. was. A there was no
3: world. online sales.
0: Oh no, there was no online. <laughs> there was no online. There, no, the line was out the door. Um, so yeah, so he he would always say he was a specialty salesman, and I never really knew what that meant because it. it sales didn't mean the same thing to us in my generation as it did to him but as i've gone through this and life it's it's making more sense to me so i'll get to that later but Uh so he hated american coffee being from italy he just said "America, i mean you guys you just you do it wrong i'm sorry but like it tastes like dishwater it's terrible and ooh, we're perking we're percolating something's bubbling perking hold on just one second
3: she'll be right back she's going to deal with the perk there we go and now she's turning off the stove. And we've got fresh, live, perked coffee right in front of us. We should <gasps> put the, uh, the mm. microphone
0: next to it so you can hear it. Percol- <laughs> percolated coffee is a sensory experience.
3: It's a sensory experience. Okay, you so... You can
0: hear it. You can smell it. It's... We're,
3: we're getting a microphone Oh, we it. are Let's getting see. a microphone. I don't know if we can hear it. Can you hear it?
0: Can you hear... Kind of?
3: <laughs> kind of a bubbling... Oh, my. That's it. It's like a coffee heartbeat. Thank you, David. <laughs> that was <laughs> David amazing. came in, put the microphone on the coffee, and turned up the game.
0: <laughs> he just won. You, oh, he yeah, just he's won keeping it on.
3: It's awesome. Can we hear the little gurglings of the, com- uh, you know, that's amazing. So... Wherever you were in the story, I don't remember, because Sorry. this just amazed me.
0: <laughs> Keep going. This is amazing. I've never done this to the beat of a Unimatic perking. This is fantastic. So uh, he he hated American coffee, and he was just one of those people that could figure anything out. So he essentially, I mean, he had people on staff, and they would they would invent things all the time. And he was not an inventor. He could not draw a straight line with a ruler. <laughs> he worked with this man who was a genius, and they came up with this this way to make coffee that was better. And they came up with this pot and the concept for this pot and how to actually improve how to improve percolated coffee. And they redesigned everything, and he then bought the patent and wow. called it the Unimatic and had them made over in Italy. And now they did all of this in Brooklyn. They did all of this in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, in one one office— and they nearly blew up that office so many times. <laughs> That's frightening. It is frightening. Quite frightening. Um, so well, let me w- ask a question. Yeah. What was
3: wrong with current per- percolators that this solved?
0: So, uh, oh, my God. it
3: smells amazing.
0: <laughs> wow. Um, so the easiest way to describe it is percolators would go on your stove, and you would turn the flame on. And when the water would boil, they would start to perk immediately. And unless you were standing there... Watching it, you didn't know when it started to perk, so you would hope and pray oh. that you didn't miss a whole minute. And if you did, and if you let it perk for too long, if you think about the way that it functions, it would make coffee from coffee.
3: Oh, so, so it would become bitter. It and would become mud kind and of bitter mud. and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I make coffee. Right.
0: <laughs> um, so this one changes. This one has a valve on the top and a, and a heating element on the bottom. It's it the way it is fun- the way it functions is very different, and it doesn't allow that to happen. That's so, amazing. Yes.
3: Um, you're going to see a picture of what this looks like because I'll post it with this episode. So be sure to look it on Instagram. Basically, we have three mics going. It's me, Liz, and the mic sitting on the coffee pot. <laughs> coffee pot is like this a guest here. It's amazing. So, OK, so your father decided, let's produce these.
0: Yes. So he produced a ton and sold a bunch. And like, like many Italian entrepreneurs, he was a bit of a control freak. And I think, I, I wasn't alive at this point, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went on to something else and something else and opened one thing and then said, okay, hold on, I'll be right back. Oh. And he since he had so many things going and never really put any one person in charge of any one thing, he tried to do it all himself. And I'm learning from that and trying not to do that. But what ended up happening was that, I mean, I always knew about the Unimatic. It was my fifth grade science project
3: Oh my God, that's I mean, adorable. I like,
0: I have a whole board and one that's cut in half and I won, I don't know, state or regional or so- something like that. Um, so this thing has been on my table forever. Like when I was a teenager, <laughs> no, not even a teen. I was maybe nine or 10 and like the cool girls would come over and we would have dinner and then we'd have dessert and we'd always make coffee for dessert. And all I wanted was the ice cream sundae and for, for me and my girlfriends to go upstairs and play again. And he would painstakingly, talk wow. about how this thing works, wow. why it's so great, and I'd want to crawl under the table. <laughs> um, but fast-forwarding, hearing that story over and over is what made all of this possible now. So, so again, fast-forward, Um, he and I had always said we were going to start a business together, and we did. I mean, I had business cards at 6, and <laughs> my first product on shelves at like 13 or something ridiculous. And it was great, but it never felt like my own. And uh-huh. then... I ended up in finance, and it was interesting, but it, it just wasn't me. And then I very suddenly lost him. And we were not prepared for that. It was not something that was planned for at all. And I was faced with, okay, well, I mean, doing things like writing his eulogy. Mm. And it was, it was interesting in that I had then been able to see on paper, all of these things that this man has done. And I was not yet even on the path that I wanted to be on. Wow. And it, I mean, it shakes you as it will. It was, I mean, I was 26 at the time. And so yes, life changed very much. And in the process of figuring out, you know, how to provide an income for my mom and how to figure out life and how to actually, you know, unwind his businesses and just figure things out that weren't planned for, um, I had to clean out his old office Mm-hmm. His old office in Brooklyn was like a treasure trove from the 60s. Oh, wow. <laughs> it had remnants of all of his businesses. And wow. it was two cars, a boat, a wheelbarrow full of nails. Wow. Checks in the desks that, like, you could furnish the barry hotel with all the furniture. Oh, wait, you're serious about a
3: wheelbarrow of nails? I
0: swear oh. on my life. <laughs> wow. I thought you were being metaphoric. No, we okay. actually, okay. yeah, it was okay. actually full. Um I mean, and and all of this old inventory, cosmetics, all of these ridiculous random things. And one day, I opened what we always called the inventory closet, and I was faced with a wall of coffee pot boxes. And I was like, cool, Unimatics, these things are great. I'll give them to my friends. No big deal. I'll put them in my car. I kept digging, (laughs) and I kept (laughs) facing new walls of Unimatics and figured, okay, how big can this closet be? Oh, wow. Turned out, not a closet at all. (gasps) It was a warehouse.
3: Oh my goodness! It opened up into
0: a warehouse of the last five thousand models of these things, perfect condition, just dusty. Like the original boxes, the address on the box was actually where I was standing.
3: Like a treasure trove of Unimatics, literally behind a door. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. So
0: then what? Um, my mom said, OK, to the dumpster. And I was like, do not touch them. Wait, did These your mom not mine? know about? She of- she didn't know. No, no one knew about oh them. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. The, the, I mean, the depth. We we knew we had a few extras, but like a few. <laughs> What's a few to you? Not 5,000. Right. Wow. Um, so, yeah, he was an interesting person. And it was. So, of course, my ego says, well. You've moved all of these things now, which, and you didn't hurt yourself. Thank you, CrossFit. Um, (laughs) But but you didn't do anything. This isn't yours. You can't call it yours. Mm. So I said, okay, well, he always said that they made the perfect cup of coffee because of the way they functioned. Okay, fine. Well, then what is the perfect coffee then, I said, and started on a journey of trying to figure out what is the perfect coffee? What does that even really mean? And found that technically you're supposed to roast coffee for the way that you brew coffee now if you think about it take a step back think about it culturally coffee is a very cultural thing it is all over the world it is universal but everywhere that it's made in a very specific way it's brewed there too Uh uh-huh so if it's roasted there say take for example turkey yeah they roast coffee in a very specific way they brew coffee in a very specific way italy same thing everywhere same thing here We're a melting pot in the U.S., so we have a gazillion ways to make coffee. But we roast in one way. You actually can roast to prepare, to ready it for the way that it's going to brew. So if you think about it like a science experiment, if you think about just the variable of time, Mm -hmm. pour over takes one minute, air press takes two, French press takes four, and now you're talking about not just pouring hot water over coffee letting it drip through, you're talking about submerging the coffee in water that's a different chemical reaction.
3: Oh, of course.
0: Then drip coffee depends, but say like eight. The Unimatic takes 14 start to finish.
3: So if I understand drip coffee, maybe you can pour for us because I'm dying to smell this. So the water boils underneath and that steam goes up to the coffee that's in the container or the little catch, Mm -hmm. I guess. And then that steamed water moistens the coffee and then drips back down. And that is our drip coffee. Oh my God! So she's pouring it right now. Wonder. Wait, we should mm. get. Hold on. But <laughs> she's going to uh, put the mic let's in. See if I
0: can do this.
3: See if we can get the sound of the pour. We
0: need to prove it.
3: Yes, we need to prove we're actually pouring in studio. Here we go. Yes. Okay, if you're listening I wish you could smell this but too bad you can't (laughs) if you wanted to smell this and buy some of these beans and a Unimatic again cafeunimatic.com two F's
0: two F's yes beware it is very hot okay very very hot
3: it's very hot it's in our in our mugs so now that you have a bit of your father's legacy in your hands does it make you wonder about your own legacy
0: Oh, always. That's how all of the start. I mean, so to to finish that, I created a line of coffee that was roasted for the Unimatic. Obviously, I I figure you probably all figured that part out. Um, Yes, my, my legacy is something I think about all the time. And I think taking this and making it something more has been the start. And what's interesting to me is that I don't just see coffee as a product. To me, this was this was not just a company that sells a thing or a widget. To me, it's interesting. If you asked me when I was a kid, what, what's my passion? What do I really care about? What am I good at? What, is, you know, what, it, what am I going to go into? My passion was always people. And it was always communication. And it was always, I don't know, connection. And what's interesting to me is that coffee is not only universal. And everyone understands it. But if you think about what coffee actually is physically, it's the physical representation of connection. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's something that, I mean, I can, I mean, we've created all kinds of things about having coffee with people. And it just, what do you do when you want to connect with someone? You go get coffee. I mean, that's just, that's what you do. So I think that's very interesting. And for me, and maybe, maybe it's, you're presented with opportunities and it's up to you to make the most of them. So, yeah, maybe someone can say, like, well, you know, I wasn't handed, you know, my future isn't something that's coffee that represents connection. But what what else can you see in it? Because I'm sure there's something that you can take from yourself and apply to it that makes it better.
3: So you can use your example with what you're creating with your father's legacy and, and teach other young people. Yes. To mold their plans, their life plans, I guess you can say. Yes. To fit something that will be worthwhile
0: so what's interesting is that in thinking about and talking about and th- in telling the story i realized that so my dad and i would after breakfast we would sit and have coffee and my mom would go upstairs come back down and be like you too you're still sitting at the table what are you doing <laughs> go do something and we'd be talking about everything from business to life to boys to values to you name it we talked about everything but we sat there for hours and relaying this over and over again made me realize that those conversations made me who I am yeah and when I put a unimatic on someone's table it's like I'm giving them that opportunity to become who they are to spend time to let to spend time with someone who's going to draw them out of themselves and I think that's that's great the greatest gift so taking that a step further it felt like Well, now I was, so also my dad was 52 when they had me. So he had had a life before I was even a twinkle in their eye. And I feel like he imparted things to me that it's unfair that he only had one kid. So I felt like I had to somehow find a way to pay that forward and do something with that. So we actually did create an organization called Legacy Out Loud, which is kind of part and parcel to our ambassador program where you learn to sell, you learn coffee, you learn how to, you learn about the coffee, but you also learn who you are, what you want to leave behind. It's called Legacy Out Loud for a reason, right? So we we basically figured out a way to create a curriculum around giving young girls confidence.
3: That's incredible. And I remember you had said it to me earlier that you saw the universal power of coffee as an agent of change. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was so
0: powerful. Because so we don't think of it like that, but... You don't. I mean, the interesting thing is that everyone... It's something that almost everyone in the world does. Pause is to do every day. So what happens if you just were more mindful about how you did it? Or what you thought about? Or what you spoke about? Or what you wrote about when you were having your coffee? Maybe it's just time for you. And it's time to disconnect. Maybe it's time to actually put some of your voice that you've been wanting to speak about. Put your voice towards something. I don't know, but I think it. I think coffee is akin to religion in some ways. It is something that people care deeply about and don't start their day without. Right. And oh, my gosh. Seriously. So why
3: not use it for good? I, I totally agree. Coffee is very good for me. <laughs> Do you have an opinion about caffeinated or non-caffeinated coffee, taste-wise or... Quality-wise? Um,
0: we have a decaf version of our flagship blend of Brunetta, and it, it tastes the same to me. I don't get affected by caffeine anyway, so I'm not the best person to ask, but I don't really drink decaf.
3: I love it. I can drink anything. But, it's all yeah, good. I don't I don't
0: ask for it, but I don't <laughs> know the difference. If you served it to me, I don't know if I'd be able to tell.
3: Your particular, this, the Brunetta beans that you brought and left here around the studio is like sniffing. <laughs> oh, my God. It is so amazing. You really need to get a bag of it. So we're going to take a little break, a little music break, a little coffee music break. All we right. still have to come up with a name during the break. We Let's do. try okay. uh, for uh, our coffee breaks. So here comes the break, and we're going to think.
1: mother. There were two men in my life. I had to take one or the other. One was a handsome man in love with me. The other was an old rich fool whose love I could not see. And I never forget it. people as mama looked at me and said, oh my child won't Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious, fresh cheese curds, or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Cherchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com, and as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin Cheese. It's a no brainer.
3: Mm. I'm sipping coffee with Liz Cardiello of Cafe Unimatic and uh, I wanted to ask you a question mm-hmm. you might have answered it before but I'd like to ask it again because sure. I want the listeners to wonder about this question for themselves what does coffee mean to you personally and socially for the world ethically um, it's a big question.
0: It is a big question. I like big questions, though. Um, I think, yeah, it wasn't part of the answer before. I think, to me, coffee is its a staple in everyone's day. And because it is universal, it's all over the world in some form or another. To me, I, I think it is a platform for change or for... I think it's, it's something that unites all of us. We don't need to speak the same language it's It's like soccer, actually I played soccer all my life, so it, it's an it's an easy comparison for me, but I like that you don't need to speak the same language if you just want to get in on a game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. you can just kind of motion and show that you can kick and pass
3: it's like because coffee is the language, yeah, oh yeah, that's deep,
0: <laughs> so <laughs> leave it to me um but yeah, I mean it's it, too a lot of so we call them our Unimatic family everyone that owns the Unimatic we keep in touch with and we will post family pictures oh, of them with the Unimatic and they're all there's one on the island of Malta they're oh, literally wow. around, all, around the world all of, there's one on Julia Child's stove in Provence <gasps> it's yeah, they're they're everywhere. If you're a
3: tastemaker person out there, you need to get one.
0: <laughs> you do like, seriously. If you don't have one, it's kind of not cool. It's kind of not cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's because it takes because it's not quick. It's not Keurig. It is not. It does not take four seconds to make. And we don't. I mean, there was a there was a TV show in the '60s. I think it was called. I remember Mama. If I'm getting this right, it was sponsored by Maxwell House, and it they. The, the show was based around you. people come over to this family's home and they put on a pot of coffee, they wait for it to perk, and then they sit and they have coffee. But since it took a while to make. I love that. It wasn't, oh, you're coming over? Oh, great. Pop in a quick thing and then kick people out the door in five minutes. It was, no, we spend 20 to 30 minutes together.
3: Maybe that's a great segue into a little surprise we might want to be announcing. A Liz and I are brainstorming our little coffee love child here, <laughs> a little web series. So you should stay tuned because we're kind of thinking of the names. We, we thought, what, Percolator? We career? were
0: thinking something like Percolate. If you have names, call in. We are totally. all ears.
3: Social media so, us. Um, so we're thinking of brewing, as we're brewing here in the middle of the studio, brewing coffee in funky places with this mm-hmm. little portable stove and your un- Unimatic Percolator. Maybe with some special guests, even we're just talking about what we need to talk about that day. Yeah, talking about whatever, whatever comes to mind. So we're going to come up with the name for that. If you have a suggestion, again, social media us, um, and we also need to come up with the name for our Vika.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, um, we do. Hmm.
3: Hmm.
2: Maybe you can license the song "The Percolator."
3: <laughs> Magic <laughs> said the voice of God. <laughs> David, do you have a name for maybe like our little coffee clutches?
2: yeah all i had was the percolator
3: <laughs> okay well <laughs> apparently none of us are all that yeah. inventive right we now. still need more coffee but we are going to come up with a name for that and if you have a suggestion like find us on social media and suggest um our nickname for coffee breaks and stuff have you have you tried that coffee luwak the most expensive coffee in the world
0: i have not i i don't want to get it here i want to get it There at Mm -hmm. the source. Uh So, and I haven't been to Indonesia.
3: I have to say I've tried it. Really? Yeah. Tell me everything. So it's about, you know, at most $80 a cup. Yeah. $600 a pound. And I tried it because I was a designer for the packager of a packager in (laughs) Bali in Indonesia. So they sent me many boxes. And I was like, this is about... $1,000 of... When was this? A couple of years ago. Uh, Galinsky had one. No. He and I went to uh, Oost and brewed one there. That's or so funny. Or put it through the machine. And I said, this is a lot of butt coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> so, of <laughs> course, it's the coffee that comes from the rear end of the civet animal. hmm um, I have to tell you how it tastes. How
0: does it taste?
3: It was sour to me.
0: Uh, well, I mean, it's gone through a digestive system. Uh, yeah. They
3: said fermented, but I guess that's what made it sour. It was rich
0: and sour. Things that are fermented tend to be a little sour. sour. However,
3: they said it was sterile because it had gone through such a high heat process. Sure. But spiritually and psychologically, (laughs) I still feel like I was drinking some kitty poop.
0: I will stick with granita, thank you very much. Um, I have to say
3: that yours is far more palatable
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. <laughs> but it has however, not gone through a digestive this, tract of an animal.
3: This producer can send me more if we want to do more taste tests with you.
0: True. I would happily <laughs> brew it in the Unimatic. The Unimatic actually does make things smoother just because of the way that it functions. Uh-huh. Um, so we could always give that a whirl. Okay.
3: So I will, uh, you know, put an APB out for my poop coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not if you call it that.
3: <laughs> so tell us more. You know, we have a few more minutes, but I really. I've really liked you touching on legacy and family story and purpose and things like that. You're kind of really spreading that message, but through coffee. It's like you're not really about number one coffee. You're really more about something deeper that you present through coffee. That's it's very
0: sneaky. <laughs> I like it. Um, it's interesting. And it's I mean, I I was a very shy kid. And what's crazy is that this has gotten me onto stages to speak to people in the thousands.
3: Coffee has gotten you on stages. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And I and the only reason that I think it's possible is because I'm so passionate about it and I'm so excited to tell its story. And sure, maybe it's also because I feel something very deeply for it and it has something to do with my family and it, it now has something very deep to do with me, but I mean, where'd that shy little nine-year-old go?
3: Like that's what? interesting. Are you saying then that maybe if you're afraid to go on stage, and maybe that topic isn't the most passionate thing for you to talk about, perhaps? I mean, I think that if you're really
0: passionate about something, it, th- I can't blanket statement anything. And if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that kind of stuff, there's other work to be done, perhaps. But I think that th- this company made me go through some pretty tough stuff and deal with some pretty tough stuff. I mean, and right when I started it, my mom's house was then hit with a nine and a half foot wave in Hurricane Sandy. So, So by any stretch of wow. the imagination, normal humans would be like, alright, this isn't for me. I'm done. This is too hard. But this kept me up at night. It was uh-huh. what kept yeah. me going. So I think that if you're really passionate about something, you are excited to talk about it. Maybe in different forms. Maybe it's a different version of getting up on a stage. But when you're really passionate about something, it makes you do some crazy stuff.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. And let's describe some of these stages. We're talking TED Talk. We're talking what else?
0: A couple TEDx Talks, one here in New York and one in Illinois. Um, I'm actually go- going to... Um, South Africa in a couple of weeks. This is crazy to even say out loud. Um, I'm speaking at a UN entrepreneurship forum. Incredible. Um, For coffee. Through yeah, coffee. I, who knew? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've spoken at colleges too. Like whether it's organizations, colleges. I mean, I had a room full of 500 college kids write their eulogy.
3: Wow. Like, Incredible. What? That's pretty wild. <laughs>
0: they all wanted to kill me. But I mean, the the thank you notes that I got afterward were. I mean, I, they're on my wall. They're you're
3: connecting so deeply through coffee.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, backtracking a little bit because you do also sell your your beans. Yes, handcrafted. Yes, I heard it was called handcrafted. In <laughs> three and a half minutes, can you describe the process of buying, acquiring, selling, marketing? Like how do you how do you get beans and end up with a label and a bag and Selling them in New York,
0: oh my gosh, um I that is not a three minute conversation. <laughs> so the the easiest way to talk about it is I mean, we worked with a roastery. They roast coffee very differently they, so we did we don't import anything from Italy. so a lot a lot of people say, well, oh, you know, I'll only drink coffee that was roasted in Italy. Well, if it's roasted from far if it's roasted far away and has to travel to get here, then there are usually chemicals in it to preserve it because so i mean if you if your coffee ever says refrigerate after opening put it down and step away because coffee doesn't need to be refrigerated or frozen or any of that crazy stuff oh say that again do not freeze do not freeze or refrigerate your coffee it needs to be kept in a dark place in a room temperature dark place but what coffee won't go bad if it's not kept in the freezer or the refrigerator, what will go bad are the um, the chemicals, the preservatives. They will start to smell funny and chemically, so they don't want you to smell oh. that because anyone smells coffee. So, yes. So we roast our coffee here in New York, and um, it's roasted in a very specific process. It's the old world Italian style, so it's every bean is very specific, and then we blend. So all of our coffees are blends. The label that you see, I mean, I'm actually in the process of redoing them simply because I made those. Uh-huh. I'm not a designer. <laughs> I just needed something to stick on the the blend that I made that I loved and wanted to see if anyone else cared about. And then people started to love it and then Whole Foods said, "Yeah, we would love you." Oh, but are you just, in Whole Foods? Not yet, not not yet. because okay. we need to redo packaging. So, Oh. Yes. Uh-huh. So, um my beautiful packaging has taken us this far and now I'm excited to do something a little bit different with it.
3: And get into Whole Foods. Yeah. Fantastic. Where where are you selling your beans now?
0: You can find... I mean... The, the easiest way is online because we do subscriptions and everything, too. Um, but if you want to go to a physical place, it's in Palos, which is if you've mm. been to Little Italy, it's right across from Ferrara's. I know they've, where that is. They've been there for like they've been there since the 20s. They make their own cheese every day. Do yourself a favor. Go there. Get their cheese. They must
3: have loved you when you walked in. Get this coffee.
0: Like, Hi, I have coffee. They have literally <laughs> given me like the pricing gun when I walk in. And they're like, hey, sweetheart, you want to you want to stock them? They're like they're such a I mean, it, it is one huge family. It's a family. It's yeah. amazing
3: oh my gosh okay here's a question for you yes flavored coffee yay or nay
0: um i think it's personal preference we don't make any um i don't really drink it but it, i mean a coffee i will always tell people drink coffee the way you like to drink coffee just just don't drink coffee that is forced through thin plastic before you drink it because hot water through really thin plastic in a in a cup in a it's in a k cup you're talking it, yeah i can't condone I can taste the plastic, it, yeah, it frightens me,
3: yeah, that scares me a little bit too, yeah, I don't think that's the safest thing, but people do it out of convenience, and I think that it's worth the extra few minutes to brew something on your stove top or your radio station desk.
2: I agree. <laughs>
3: Do you have any last statements or anything else you want to put out there? Any kind of intention that you want for yourself? A seed you want to plant?
0: Um, I mean, I love telling the story, and people have said this is super inspiring. I've done, I've talked to all kinds of organizations or schools or a- anywhere, and it's spreading the story. Just feels really good, and getting these unimatics on people's tables just. It feels amazing. And every time, like I said, every time I put a Unimatic on a table, it feels like it's an opportunity for that family or that person to be a better them. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's amazing.
3: What's your father's name? Peter. Peter, this, this episode is dedicated to all of your passion and your ideas. Aww. It's so special. Um, thank you so much for being here today and brewing up some coffee. I'm going through the cup right now, finishing. <laughs> thank you for having me. So good. Again, your website?
0: Is Café Unimatic, C-A-F-F-E-U-N-I-M-A-T-I-C.
3: And social media, where can they find you?
0: Uh, At Café Unimatic on just about everything.
3: Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You have been drinking coffee with us. And, <laughs> and I'm I'm hearing it. <laughs> hearing it, smelling it not, so you should get some. And get yourself a Café Unimatic pot. Look it up right now because it's super sexy. Thank you for listening to Primary Food. Primary Food is produced by Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit, member-supported radio station devoted to all things food. Help keep Heritage Radio Network alive and the show alive by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Do it now. Thank
0: you, guys. Thank you.